Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail so you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I am your running host, Dean Thompson. Let's start the new year off with a bang. Well, you know, as in the starting gun bang, right? (laughs) And joining me once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Happy New Year, Dean. Happy New Year. Uh, 2021 was a good year. Better than 2020, the dumpster fire. It was. And uh, so 2022 is going to be better, right? That's right. And and at Run for God, we we learned a lot in 2021, didn't we? We did. Which is is a good thing. We learned that the couch to marathon really is a thing. Yeah. We've got got people graduating here in the next two weeks, running, running a marathon, many of them for their first time. That's been the coolest thing is to see people, you know, we, we knew it would work. I mean, we... We've done this long enough to know it will work, but you always kind of hold your breath, you know, that first time. Sure. And, uh, man, it's it's pretty cool. I mean, we've we've talked about it, several of the stories. We're going to talk about another story today Yeah. Um, of, of some soon-to-be graduates. But that's that's been a lot of fun. It's I think we've we've set in stone that this is going to be a yearly thing. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, you know, you had all these crazy stories this year, you know, COVID up and down, up and down, up and down. You know, the capital thing early in the year, you got the inflation, you got all these things going on. But the number one story of the year, Couch to Marathon. Yep. Far Absolutely. I mean, it's scientific, right? Yeah, that's exactly Proven. right. <laughs> all right. Before we get started with this podcast, remember, if you are a business, it's the brand new year. Maybe you want to get a little bit of extra exposure. Uh, a partnership with Run for God may just be in your wheelhouse. So if you're interested in becoming a partner of Run for God, email runlanehollis at gmail.com and uh, he'll get you all the information. But this week's uh, sponsor is First Bank of Dalton. Uh, your bank choice is important because privacy and security of your money is important. And whether you're opening a checking account or getting your home mortgage, your local First Bank of Dalton will have the best banking experience you can ask for. No stress. No hassle, First Bank of Dalton, and thanks to to Mitch and and all the team over there at First Bank of Dalton. They're um, they're a local bank here, but they do business all over the country. And uh, so, yeah, if you if you're needing a banking solution, give them a call over there. It's one of the cool things about the digital age, isn't it? It is. You don't yeah. have to be. You know, when you're shopping for something these days, you you know, it used to be what you you know for us. You went to Chattanooga. If it was really important, you might have to go to Atlanta yeah. to get it. And now it's just you just log on. Well, and it makes room. it to where I mean, in banking, you used to couldn't do this, but you can you can partner with a bank nowadays. It kind of lines up with your values because I never go into the bank. Yeah, I mean, I get yeah. a check nowadays. I snap a picture and it's it's in my bank account. Yeah, and um, so you don't you don't necessarily have to have that local bank branch, and it makes it to where you know First Bank of Dalton is a. You know they're a proud supporter of Run for God, which is yeah. which is important. It's important to me that they're they're willing to step out there when so many other institutions out there are kind of going away and trying to get neutral. They're they're loud and proud that they support Run for God, and that's that's a that's important. Amen. I think it's important that we support businesses that support Christian ideal ideals in general. Sure, I think it's a good idea to do that. 
All right. We had a Facebook post from last week that I really like. And uh, it, this one comes from Shannon Clifford. Again, if you're part of Run Club and you – if you've been on the Facebook page for more than three seconds, yeah. you know who Shannon Clifford is. Um, and this one says, After a less than ideal long run this weekend, I have been pondering how to proceed. Of course, using the energy gels I'm used to instead of trying new things at this point is important. But since missing four weeks of training and jumping back in, things just haven't been the same. Actually, I've been struggling. I know I can complete the marathon next month, but it's been harder than I thought. And then there are these mental struggles, too. I saw Elizabeth's post about the 50K they just did and how she decided to run walk partway through to help her husband. And it was a moment, a light bulb moment for me. I'd like to say I had been praying and asking for a solution, but really I hadn't. Isn't it great how God can reveal things to us even if we haven't specifically asked or gone to him with the problem? Sometimes I have to wonder about me. (laughs) Anyhow, I decided to try to run walk intervals this morning for eight miles and see how I did with my tempo pace. I know that's not how you're supposed to do a tempo run. Guess what? My pace was the fastest it's been on any run over about three miles for the entire training. And my body feels better, too. I can sort of feel God patting my head and saying, bless your heart. (laughs) And now I feel so encouraged. I know the intervals are not the focus of this training, and I have stuck to the plan to this point, and I'm glad I have. I'm also glad that I'm okay with shifting gears a bit. And Elizabeth, know that your light shone all the way to Arizona this week. (laughs) You know, trying new things is is a thing. It's it's a good thing, and that's what she decided to do here, and it made it made a difference in the way she felt. Yeah, you know, I was trying to tell Kirby Smart this a few weeks ago uh, <laughs> through the TV during the Georgia Alabama game. You know, it, Nick Saban, he's the master at trying new things, just throwing. You know, I, and I was talking through the TV, just just put the backup quarterback in. You know, try something new, but yeah. you know, it it didn't work. <laughs> You didn't so, listen at all. Maybe it'll work this uh, this coming week. <laughs> you know, most most people listen to this. They're not trying to win a race. They're not even trying to win a SEC championship. Sure, uh, but they're. It, I think people get caught up in well, this is the way to do it. How many times have we said training plans are not magic, right. and that there's lots of ways to get to the finish line, and in this case. If you feel like you're stuck, and it sounds like that's where she was, and, and part of it had to do with having to miss a significant period of time, and that's understandable. Um, but try something new, try something different, and you may find that you have new inspiration. Because I would say for the, for her, this was as much mental as it was physical, right? Sure, yeah, and, and that's that can make all the difference. And hear us when we say that that's okay. You know, some people need validation; they need to know that. Yes, it's okay. And we're saying, yes, it's okay. Just last night, you know, Lane had a a big swim this morning, but he's had a really tough past week and a half. And I sent him a text last night and I said, hey, consider the swim in the morning optional, you know, because I could see it in him that he Mm -hmm. he needed that little extra sleep this morning or needed that break. And, but Lane's the type, like many of the people listening, if it says it on the plan, by golly, I'm doing it. Yeah. But, but you also have to listen to your body and and listen to others when they tell you, hey, you know, you're you look a little tired today, you know, you, whatever. And but but hear it from us that now you don't want to be chronic in this. You don't want to be doing this every week. But there are times that you do need to listen to your body. Yep. And, you know, just like she did here, 
maybe it's not skipping the workout. Maybe it's just changing the workout up a little bit. Yeah. You know, we have those feel good runs for this reason. Well, and with in Lane's case, I'm sure that just the idea in his head of knowing that that workout was optional made the workout easier to him. I mean, you know, our brain is, we're wired that way. Sure. Like if we have to do it versus if we want to do it, right. it makes a big difference. And so sometimes just shifting the way you even just look at it yeah. makes a makes a difference. And and again, in this case, yeah, that was that was part of it. And then it was cool to see how we've got folks. We've talked about it a million times about how this Facebook page, how people are encouraging each other and making mm-hmm. a difference. And and here you are, you got one person in Kentucky, right? Is it Kentucky? The Maury's are they in Kentucky or Ohio? I can't. It's, I am I so I, sorry, Elizabeth. I think it's Ohio. Ohio. Um, but I'm not positive. I don't know why I was thinking Kentucky. Anyway, from, from one side of the country to the other, all the way out to Arizona, and, and it's making a difference in somebody's life just by being transparent sure, and letting folks know what you're doing. And I think that's really cool. Uh, and it doesn't have to be something spectacular. That's the thing about this is this wasn't spectacular. Mm-hmm. It wasn't this great revelation that Elizabeth put out there, but for Shannon, it became a pretty big deal. So kudos to the folks on the Facebook page. Yeah, for that, sharing. that's why I do like that Facebook group so much is because, you know, you go to Facebook in general and we, we talk about it before that it's the highlight reel. It's the good things about it. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying I'm not throwing rocks, but on the on the run club page, we see a lot of the other side. Yeah. We see some struggles. And people know that it's it's a safe place to voice those struggles because they know they're, they're going to get encouragement. And that's important. That's the beauty of that Facebook group is, you know, you do some, t- some days I'm down and you're there to pick me up. Some days you're down and I'm there to pick you up. And that's exactly what this group is all about. And that's why I'm so excited to see it growing like it is because the people have said it. We've said it. We see it. It's It's unlike any other group in the world when it comes to running clubs yeah. it's um it's a it's a it's a pick me up yeah. this group is yeah so look look for that look look for some inspiration look to change some things you know the other day i went for a run with uh, one of the guys that was on the high school team several years ago he's now a senior in college mm-hmm. and um and doing great and he just accepted a job which was really it's cool to hear how mm-hmm. how they're being successful outside of but anyway, we went for a run, and the day before, I had run a long run, and I was my legs were just trashed. I went run with him. Well, you know him, and mm-hmm. he, he runs faster than I do at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, it was funny how just having that conversation and talking with him, how we ran so much faster than I would have run on my own, and it felt okay. You can get out of your own head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and now my legs feel better yeah. having just kind of – you know, I remember when I was when I was a kid, we used to talk about in a car every once in a while, you just got to blow the soot out of the carburetor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I we got to do that as we get older. I think when you're running, I think sometimes you just got to blow the soot out of the carburetor. Yeah. And uh, I think that's what I did. And I think it made me feel better. All right. Trivia question for this past week. There were two brothers who ran a shoe company in the middle of the 20th century. Eventually, they began a feud that led to each of them starting their own company. Who were the brothers, and what companies did they start? Hmm. You mentioned that uh, there's a local high school coach here that Coley. Uh, yeah, he, he he's talked about this a number of times, and it is an, it is an interesting story. But it, Adolf and Rudolf uh, Dossler 
or uh, the guys, they were German. And uh, if if that name uh, Adolf Dossler sounds interesting and and makes you think of shoes, it's because the shoe company that he eventually created was Adidas, hmm. Adi Das. That's a lot of people look at the name Adidas. They wonder where it came from. Well, it's pretty simple. It's just his name. So is that how you're supposed to pronounce Adidas? Is Adidas? Uh, well, I don't know about that, but maybe and maybe Makes the sense. yeah maybe. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe don't we've know. had it all wrong for all these years. Yeah. Well, maybe you're <laughs> supposed to pronounce the name Dassler. I don't know. <laughs> so you may just have these names. Uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. They're German. We'll look uh, what, that up. Well, I know. I don't even have German in my blood. So uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, but that's – and then, of course, his brother Rudolph started Puma. Yeah. Which is another both are both are pretty pretty big worldwide brands. We don't see that much Puma in mm-hmm. the United States, but it's a lot bigger in Europe than it is in, in the United States. It's a States. big soccer brand now, isn't it? It is. Yeah. It is, yeah. Um anyway, these two guys again grew up in Germany. They grew up poor, but their father taught them about the shoe business when they were young. Um the family actually made slippers for people, um, and they were ex- extremely popular in their area where they lived, in their little town. Um, apparently these slippers that they made um, were super popular and everybody came to them for those. Um, so that's how Adolf and Rudolph uh, got into the shoe business in general. And then they thought, you know what? Let's start a sports shoe brand, mm-hmm. which was which was fairly new. The only, I think at this time, if I'm not mistaken, the only company that was out there that was doing sports shoes was Converse at this point. Um and so this was a this was a new thing. You know, now we don't think anything about uh, a, a sports shoe company, whether it's a running shoe or football, mm-hmm. shoe, whatever. We don't think that much about it. But back then, this was cutting edge. Yeah. And so they began the Dossler Brothers Sports Shoe Company. That's a little hard to say. Yeah. Um, and apparently, Adolf was the creative one, and Rudolph was good at marketing. So they were uh, brothers that kind of complemented each other. Um, and they became famous when those shoes from that company they made were worn by Jesse Owens in the Berlin Olympics. So here comes Jesse Owens, a United States guy. You got uh, Hitler and you got Jesse Owens sticking it in Hitler's eye with, uh, you know, by winning four gold medals. Um, and the whole time he was wearing the uh, Dossler Brothers shoes Wow! while he did that. Um, and so I, I think it's interesting that not only did Jesse Owens stick it in uh, Hitler's eye, but he did it wearing German shoes, which was even better. <laughs> uh, so anyway, but what happened was apparently the two guys, there's, there's, there's speculation as to what happened and nobody knows the root of the argument that these guys got into, but it it got so bad that they finally said, we're going to take the company and all the assets of the company, and we're just going to split them down the middle and you're going to go your way and I'm going to go my way. And that's it. And you know, they never talked with each other again after that. Hmm. That is so sad. Yeah. Uh, But it's a real thing. So again, Rudolph, uh, excuse me, uh, Adi formed Adidas and then Rudolph formed a, a company called Ruda which eventually got changed to Puma. So hmm. again, it's interesting. Yeah. They, 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 they fought with each other during the war. And I don't know if was that, if that was political or whatever Rudolph was drafted. And so this may have been the root of their problem was that Rudolph got drafted and had to go to war while Adolph, 
apparently was kind of the face of the company and and they decided that he needed to stay at home and work Mm -hmm. because the shoe company was important to the country and so i think rudolph probably felt stiffed a little bit that he had he was the one that had to go fight in the war while adolph got to stay home and that could be could be part of yeah what happened there we don't know we don't know it's interesting but uh all right there's there's one here this is the interesting explanation though Okay, there's one explanation that goes like this. They get into an argument in a bomb shelter because they're literally in a bomb shelter because the city is being bombed. And so one of them says something that the other one and the other one misheard them. He didn't even say what he thought he said and got mad at him. And pretty much from that point forward, they never got together again. So in a bomb shelter, one of them says something. That's just uh, that's crazy. Um, so yeah, uh, and I, yeah, I got my notes here. Unfortunately, they didn't act like Christians. Um, you know, it's, that's one of the things that, that maybe we can learn from the Dossler brothers is, you know, if we're, if you're having problems with a, with a relative and I've been there, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's not worth it. No, it's not worth it. Go talk it out. Yep. For sure. <laughs> All right. January 10th is going to be here before we know it. Yeah. We've got a little something coming up. So we're beginning the Couch to Marathon 2022. We're crazy enough to do this a second time. Now let's talk about how this is going to start because we've had a lot of questions. We're going to continue to get a lot of questions. Be sure that you're watching the What to Do Now series that Dean has put out on Facebook. If you're on the Facebook group, make sure you're watching those because they're, they're we're, we're kind of addressing a lot of the big questions that have been coming up. But the first night is January the 10th, and we're going to actually do that one live we're going to be live on facebook uh we don't know the exact time yet uh we will have that out in the next few days um but the the first week of this program january the 10th is actually when we're going to start the introduction and so don't get your hopes up the first week we're not going to take off running like (laughs) madmen uh we're going to simply if if you're running right now we're going to simply hold that pattern if you're if you have never run in your life you're going to simply start by walking and so that first week we're going to be walking but we're also going to be doing something else we're going to be recruiting we're calling this the week of walking and recruiting because we know that there are people in your community who are going to be watching you Hmm. and who are going to be wishing that they would have jumped in on this and a lot of people even though the 5k challenge you can really you can really start that for weeks into the program. We're, we're going to give everybody uh, a warning shot. And the warning shot is that first week. We're going to start that first night, and we're going to be basically laying out the program, how it's going to work, all the ins and outs. But it's not the, the training is not actually going to start until the next week. So you've got a full week to go around your community and to talk to people about this. You'll have all the information, and they won't have missed anything yet. Like I said, a lot of people think, oh, they're already a week into it. I'm too late. This is a year-long process. That's You're right. not going to be too late. But we're going to give you a week warning shot just in case. So it's going to be a time when you can go out and talk to people, talk to your friends, your family, all those people that you think may want to start this. This is this is where you start throwing out the dares. You start twisting their arms. You start talking them into it. You know, I'm I'm pretty good at talking people into doing things. But this is for a good reason. Because we know this is why we've sent so many emails. Many of you finally joined after the 50th email. <laughs> I know because I see it. 
it's for good reason. Mm-hmm. It's because we know that it can change your life. Um, you know, you may be taking the challenge. Some of you may be leading the challenge. And it's not too late to lead this in your community. All you got to do is go to coaching. Once you log into runforgod.com, go to the coaching tab. It's not too late to do that as well. Um, but you need to do you need to do three distinct things right now if you're listening to this and you haven't decided to be part of this. We're, we're throwing out the challenge right now. Number one, you need to make sure that you're a member of Run Club. All this is going to happen uh, behind the login of Run Club. Um, if you're not a member... I'm going to let you know right now, the Christmas code still works. So if you go in uh, and you go to sign up for Run Club, put in the promo code CHRISTMAS, you'll get 25% off a one-year membership. That's $74.99 for a one-year training program that's going to get you from a couch to the marathon. Dean, that's 20 cents a day. <laughs> it's 20 cents a day. We're giving it away. It, it <laughs> We are. And... We want you to be part of it. We we want you to pay money to be part of it because the studies are clear. Yeah. If you've got skin in the game, you're much more likely to follow through. We've had races before that are free. Yeah. How many people signed up and didn't show up? A lot. That's right. And it's because they had no skin in the game. That's We're right. simply asking you to put 20 cents of skin a day into the game. Yep. And it, and it makes your chances of completing it much better. So – you need to get registered. Use the code CHRISTMAS. Get you 25% off. Then you need to make sure you go and register for the Couch to Marathon 2022. Once you log in, the button is right there in front of you. It says, I think it says uh, 2022 Couch to Marathon registration. You know, we keep things pretty simple. <laughs> but you need to register because that does something very important. We've got a lot of people in Run Club who aren't going to be part of that. You know, they're they're recreational runners and they're they're here for the podcast and all the other stuff, the other training. And so they're not gonna be a part of that. Well, we don't want to be sending emails to everybody right in our database. We're segmenting out the people who are doing the couch to marathon. So you won't get the communication unless you go sign up for the couch to marathon twenty twenty two, which you can find on the homepage. It's free. If you're a member and you're paying twenty cents a day. It's free to you. There's no extra charge there. We just need to know who you are. So let me ask this. I'm somebody who I'm not sure if I've signed up or not. Can I just go in there and just re-sign up or what, what yeah, do I it, do? It won't if do I'm anything. Sure. If, you, if, if you haven't started getting emails about the Couch Dude Marathon 2022 yet, then chances are because we've already started sending information about that first night's class. Yeah. So if you haven't gotten any correspondence about it, chances are you're not okay. signed up for it. You could go in. It's not going to mess the system up if you sign up twice. You know, it's it won't do that. So if you if you're doubting it, go in and sign up again. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and like I said, this is simply it's it's not an additional charge. It's just so we know who is part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this club is growing because of this challenge the couch to marathon challenge we've had a huge response this year and um you know we 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 thought last year it couldn't really get any bigger than that well this year's proved us wrong yeah and uh it's going to be so fun to watch it it's fun to watch all the new people coming into the facebook group and watching all of the existing members just rally around them you know we do a every week we do a post where we welcome all the new members and there'll be there'll be a ton post on there people just welcome each other so bottom line my challenge to you right now is if you haven't signed up to be a member of run club do it 
you use the code Christmas, it's 25% off. It's 20 cents a day. And go in and join us for the Couch to Marathon 2022. Maybe you did it this past year. Maybe you're about to run your first marathon. Well, how about making your second marathon January 2023 in Gulf Shores, Alabama? Is it Gulf Shores, Alabama? Yep, yep. that's it. Gulf Shores, Alabama. Big Beach uh, Marathon. Big Beach Marathon. We've got a great partnership with that with that race organizer. And uh, it's going to be a ton of fun. We want you to join us. And remember, it doesn't matter whether you're walking or running. We're opening the doors wide open to walkers this year. You've got your own training. We will be going over those details on the night of January the 10th. Um, a lot of people have been asking, where is the walking information? It is coming. So uh, be sure you're there January the 10th, and we'll talk about it all live and be taking your questions too. That's awesome. And now we're going to dig into a podcast, but understand that our podcast is made possible by the guys at J Radio. So if you haven't checked out J Radio, go check them out. Social media? Nope. Grocery store tabloids? Nope. The newspaper? Not usually. The national news? Are you serious? Is there any media source these days that only shares a positive message? A lot of the media we take in each day can be pretty negative. Why not make the decision right now that your music will only be positive? Sign up for an account at jradio.com today and download the app in your app store. With music for every moment and entirely positive Christian message, it'll be nice to hear things going right for a change. We're back, and you can always send questions to me at Dean at Run for God, but also remember that on Thursday nights, we're live every Thursday night, mm -hmm. and it's a lot of fun. There's a, usually some running topic that we go over, and then at the end of that time, we kind of just open things up for questions. Mm -hmm. And so if you've got questions, it's a great time to ask questions then. I'm not – if you want to send an email, that's great, but those, that's a good time because there's a lot of other people out there probably have the same question you have. Yeah. And you may think you're unique and you're different than everybody else. But I'm here to tell you, <laughs> you're not. Somebody else is having that same issue that you're having. And there are no dumb questions. And That's right. So People uh, think, ah, I don't want to ask that. That's kind of silly. No, it's not. And somebody's thinking the same thing. And I'm going to be frank with you. When you send me an email, here's the problem with sending an email. I don't type very fast. And so I'd like to say a lot more than I do very often in emails. But you talk really fast. But I can talk. <laughs> I can talk. And so you'll get the full idea when I say it. Yeah. You're not getting the entire thought when I write it. Right. So <laughs> that helps. Uh, and we're going to share somebody's story. And we would love to hear your story. So we've had a bunch of people that have shared their story. And mm -hmm. we're glad to see them. Keep them coming. Uh, because we're, we've got a lot of really cool stories really being that we're just a week or two out from the marathon yes. about people's journeys. And yes. that's, that's awesome. It really is. It really is. And you can share your story live, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, we've had several that have done that and we're, anybody who can make it to Dalton, Georgia, we're, we're all over it. We'd yeah. be glad to have you. It'd be fun. Yep. So, so listen to this. <laughs> I, I don't even know why I put this in there. I don't either. I saw but, these notes and I'm like, where did Dean even get this? But I saw this and I looked over, I was where we were sitting on the couch and I looked over at Debbie and I said, this is the craziest headline I've ever seen. <laughs> and this was the headline group of monkeys kill over 250 dogs for revenge 
in Indian Town. <laughs> Apparently, there was a dog who got a, a a couple of dogs maybe that got a hold of a monkey and killed it. You know, just wild animals and you know yeah. just crazy stuff happens and uh, and apparently the monkeys took it personally and started and started going and they would grab up these puppies and go up on tall buildings and throw them off <laughs> i mean that is the craziest thing i've ever heard i don't know if i should be laughing or not i don't i've kind of conflicted here it's, but it's crazy it's it's just so out there and it's crazy that you're bringing it up right now that's, i know that's the really insane part that's the insane where did dean even get this <laughs> Yeah, well, I don't know. I just thought it was crazy, and I thought it was, it, like you said, it's like horror and shock and funny. It, it's a it's a lot of all different things. I think they can make a movie out of this. They really could. Yeah. And uh, so, moral yeah. of the story: if you're in India, don't mess with the monkey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, how about a story about how much opportunity is around us all the time, yep. right? We got opportunities all around us, and this week, this comes from a very, very faithful Run for God member, uh, and that is Michelle Christensen. You've probably seen her name, and she writes a story called Transformed Runner. As a middle schooler, I ran to manage my anxiety. My heart was always drawn to the road, but I had no clear purpose. I got up at 4.55 a.m. every morning so I wouldn't miss my 5 o'clock alarm to run before school, and then I ran for another hour before classes uh, in the in gym because I didn't know how else to cope. Home life was hard. Mom struggled mentally, and Dad worked hard so he was often absent. Running helped me burn off the crazy. It never lasted, though, and I needed another run or outlet to stay on top of my emotions. As a high schooler, I ran because my teachers saw my potential. They saw my hours of dedication and my speed and knew with the right training I could do great things. What they didn't see, or at least could never break through, was the deep pain and insecurity I had. I was an energetic child, and instead of guiding my creativity, I became the black sheep on both sides of my family. I even had a special nickname I found out after my grandmother passed away. I was fondly referred to as Recky because Michelle wrecks everything and she will never amount to anything. Four years of stomach aches and heartaches led to a few shining moments, but I never lived up to my coach's beliefs. As a college student, running became something I didn't pursue for many years because I was just a failure anyway, and I never finished things well, so why keep trying? Instead, I studied Uh, resistance training because my desire for fitness and activity never left me after a series of selfish and misguided choices i not only lost my college scholarships and many important relationships but i was hitting rock bottom i turned to alcohol drugs and unhealthy pastimes to manage the anxiety and stress i couldn't hold a job and was hurting my loved ones left and right in a desperate attempt to not completely fail at life, I chose to pursue employment in another town, away from the life I had known. It was just the beginning of the most important season of life transformation I would ever see. Changing jobs and locations led to a beautiful elderly couple taking me in to help me get out of living in my car to keep working. They loved me, spent time with me, and invited me to church. I gladly went just to honor them. 
After a few months, I gave my life to Jesus and began a brand new life. I toyed with occasional running at those times, but still without purpose or goals. And then in 2013, at a women's conference, I heard an amazing evangelist and former missionary talk about God calling her to begin running in her 40s and that she would one day run for missions. It was like I was the only person in the room and felt the Holy Spirit prick my heart with something I had never had before, purpose and vision. I went home and told a trusted mentor that we were the church, uh, we needed to we needed to catch the fire and start a race in our tiny town for missions. With less than three months to plan and prepare, we took a huge step of faith and got to work. This also meant that the mother of two little ladies who hadn't run in almost 12 years had to get ready for a 5K because I knew I had been called to lead the way by examples for others to follow. There were so many tears and prayers as I listened to the Holy Spirit as my coach that summer. I was not the young athlete I once was, and I was all alone on this journey of transformation and training, but God. He was so faithful to soothe my performance anxiety, bolster my faith in his plan, and lead me to completing that 5K at our first real freedom race. Through the pain and busyness and frustrations without a plan or people to train with, he spoke a promise to me that I would never forget, one that got me through. You will finish this race, and this time it will be for me, and you will take others with you to victory. Over the years, I even formed a PMS, physical, mental, and spiritual ministry, at our church every summer to help prepare people for the August races and to encourage healthier lifestyles. There was still something missing, even though that ministry served its purpose for some time. While helping others, I found myself unsure of my own personal goals and strove for old, unfinished dreams of long distances, but without wisdom in training. This led to developing cysts and unhealthy exercise habits that caused me to take a break from running, all the while still encouraging others to run. I felt like such a hypocrite, but still forged ahead, knowing God had asked me to also take over coordinating our race and prepare people. At the end of 2017, I came across a Run for God advertisement on Facebook and was immediately drawn to it. I knew with everything I had that this was the missing piece of our puzzle. After prayer and encouraging a new marathon runner friend to lead the study, we signed up and began promoting our first class in May of 2018. It was the perfect timing for not only me, but for several others God had called to join us. We saw massive physical, mental, and spiritual transformations take place that summer, as well as deeper relationships being formed in our church and community. I participated in every workout as if I had never run before, and I got to learn how not only to run with God in that season, but what it truly meant to run for God in that season uh, towards His plans and purposes in a way I never thought possible. I have been running injury-free since then as well as taught the Run for God 5K challenges and discipled many friends on their fitness and spiritual journeys. This is our 10th year running for missions to break the chains of human trafficking, and a group of us are also preparing for our first marathon race after following the Couch to Marathon Challenge through Run Club this past year. I am forever grateful that I never gave up on the God dream to run and run for others, and that when no one else was there, God never gave up on me and his plans for my life. 
Whenever I sit back and reminisce on the last 10 years of learning to run for God, I hear that sweet reminder in my spirit that not only have I always been a runner, but that by the grace of God, he had transformed his runner to run with purpose in every step and to see the goodness of God in the lives of those I have been called to help. Today, he is still transforming his runner because it's never been just about running. That's an incredible story, Michelle. And Dean, this is one of those stories that it kind of just makes you sit back in your chair. Yeah. And, you know, when I look at, a lot of times when I look at what you and I do here, sometimes it just makes no sense to me. Yeah. You know, like, God, what what are you up to? But then you read stories like this and you, you realize that he's, he's taken the chaos of what is sometimes a chaotic ministry here and he's using it a thousand miles away to accomplish his plan for somebody's life. And I mean, we've said it on here a hundred times. That is not a testament of anything we're doing. Yeah. That's a testament of how powerful God is that somewhere I think I think Michelle lives in Wisconsin. Somebody in Wisconsin who who has been struggling and needed what God is doing through this ministry. And he connects those dots through, of all things, Facebook. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it just, it really, it really helps me understand God's bigger plan. And that so many times we get so focused, you know, we, we you hear the cliche, you can't see the forest for the trees. And, and that's so true is we get so tied up in what's right here in front of us and what we've got to get done today. And meanwhile, God's sitting up here and he's just, he's orchestrating a, a tapestry that we can't understand. Yeah. But then he allows us to catch a glimpse of that tapestry by stories just like this. And we can kind of start to connect those dots, which, which gives us confidence. It gave Michelle confidence. It gave the people that's Michelle is inspiring confidence. And it's, I don't know. It's just it's one of those it's one of those moments where you just you see how powerful God is. Yeah, you, what strikes me about this story as much as anything else, I, I was watching a video recently, and I don't remember who the guy was. I'd love to give him credit. I don't even know if he was telling somebody else's story, but he tells a story about um, these two guys are out hunting and they have a dog, and one of them shoots a duck, and he tells the dog to go out, and and, and the dog just sits there. The dog's a well-behaved dog, usually obeys commands, does what he's asked to do, and he's just sitting there. And then he kind of kind of swatted him on the butt and said, go, go. And the dog kind of went out and got the duck, came back. A little bit later, and it happened again. Same thing, same incident where the dog didn't move and the first time that he, that he was asked to do, and they kind of had to nudge him to get him to move. And he comes back, and anyway, they, they finish up their hunting, and they get back to the car, and he goes to, and to get his dog, and he grabs his dog and puts him in the in the car. And as he puts him in the car, he realizes there's blood all over his arm. Mm. Apparently, as they were climbing through a barbed wire fence to get into this property they were in, that sounds a little weird to me, but anyway. It's common. They were, they were going across this barbed wire fence, and apparently the dog probably cut himself on mm. the barbed wire fence. There was something wrong mm -hmm. with this dog, and they didn't know it until they were done. Mm -hmm. And while this dog wasn't paying attention, 
they were swatting this dog on the butt trying to get it to do stuff Mm -hmm. rather than being compassionate. You know what? We have people around us like Michelle Mm -hmm. who are going through these tough things, and we don't know it. And we're just treating people like we treat anybody else. And when they don't respond to us the way that we think they should, we begin to swat them on the butt. And we Mm -hmm. begin to think there's something wrong with that person. Mm -hmm. Well, there might be something wrong. But it's not what we think it is. Right. And and I think that's what strikes me about Michelle's story is there were all these people, her family was all around her. They all recognized there was something wrong. But instead of saying, she needs God, mm-hmm. let's give her a nickname instead. Right. You know, and of course that was not productive. And uh, and I'm afraid that's that's what we're doing. A lot of times is we're going around and we're giving people nicknames. Mm-hmm instead of trying to diagnose the root of the problem, which very, very often is what the root of Michelle's problem was, which was the presence of Christ in her life. Sure. Yep. Good word. Scripture passage, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. She says, while I was searching for purpose, his plans were ready and waiting. If I would just trust him and obey. You know, I like that people are putting a little commentary. I think the yeah, last too. the last story yeah. had a little bit of commentary. So yeah. Yeah, if you're going to submit your story, that's a good idea. I love it. Uh, helps put some context. But yeah, I mean, how, how many times have we talked about this verse? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's not easy. No. Um, but it's simple. It is simple. And and he will direct our paths. Sure. But you have to notice what it says that he's going to he's going to direct our paths because it says he shall direct your paths. Well, when it says that, then that means that's what he's going to do. But it also says there are some other there are some caveats to that. We have to trust in the Lord, lean not on our own understanding, and we have to in all of our ways, in everything that we do, we have to acknowledge him. And when we do that, we're going to be fine. And in Michelle's case, um, what she's saying to me is all she had to do is take this verse seriously um, and then all of a sudden things started to fall into place mm-hmm. and uh, it makes me think about a term that we use all the time but I, I don't think I don't think we use it properly a lot of times and that term is common sense mm-hmm. we use the phrase and the, and the words common sense all the time and we think it's a good thing to use our common sense. Well, think about what this verse says. This verse says, it's not a good idea to use your common sense. <laughs> it's a better idea to use God's sense. Right. And uh, I, I, I don't know why I thought about that when I read this this time. You know how it is with these verses. Every time you read them, it's different. Uh, so anyway. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it kind of goes back to, you know, we've talked about consistency over time. You know, the idea of, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. The, the question is, can we can we get can we get good at that? And the answer is yes. Yeah, we can, but we can't do it here and there. We can't expect to get good at anything. Doing it here and there, you know, we all we all we're we're sold out on this couch to marathon program. We do it day in and day out, and we learn about it, and we study, and we follow it. Imagine. Imagine what would happen if we put that same effort into following God. Because you can get good at following God. Yeah. I mean, Billy Graham 
<laughs> he was pretty good at it. He's pretty good at it. And <laughs> but it was because it was consistency over time. It yeah. wasn't anything great he did at one moment. It was a cumulative effect. And that's yeah. that's how God works in our lives. Is yeah. He'll give us a little, then he'll give us a little more, and then he'll give us a little more. And before you know it, we are able to do great things in his name. But it didn't happen overnight. Yeah. It, it started little. He gave us a little to manage. And it's kind of like the parable of the talents. That's where this comes from. That, you know, we, the first time he asked us to trust us is almost, a, it, it is a test. Yeah. And then he'll ask us, he'll, he'll ask to trust us with more and then more. And, but it's the consistency over time. And, and we can, we can get good at this. Does it mean it's going to get easy? Nope. nope. It's and not the Bible's get clear easy. about that. Right. It's just like, just like the lady that asked me all these many years ago, Denise, she said, when is running going to get easier? Well, it's not. Because the idea is that you keep pushing yourself to be better. Right. So while what you did yesterday may get easier, God never calls us to stay where we're at. In fact, he calls us to move outside our comfort zone and know that he will be with us the whole time. I think that's Joshua 1, 9, your favorite verse. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I mean, I know that got a little off topic, but no, I think that's a good point. That's a we need to constantly be pushing the envelope with what God asks us to do. We need to stay in His will and do what He's calling us to do, but we don't need to fall short of that. Yeah, we need to step out boldly. Good way to look at that passage, Habakkuk one five, and then two two and two through three. Look among the nations and watch. Be utterly astounded. For I will work a work in your days, which you would not believe, though it were told you. Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He spoke this promise to me in a time of prayer with a mentor. If I would stay the course, I could never dream up all that he had planned to do. And if I shared the vision, others would be able to run with it and, in fact, also run. Man, Hmm. how true this is, right? Yeah, I think I said before we walked in here or before we started this podcast that we actually talked about this verse. It's been a while back. I've kind of still got it highlighted in my Bible. Yeah. And the the thing that really stuck out to me about this verse is that the prophets very rarely wrote things down. The prophets spoke. They mm-hmm. prophesied. Um, but when God says, I mean, he was very plain. Make it plain on tablets. Basically, God was saying, hey, write this down. Take a note. Well, <laughs> that's usually when something important is being said. Yep. And when God says, write this down, <laughs> we need to listen and we need to listen to this yeah you remember when you were in school and the teacher said hey you, you need to write this down it's going to be on the test yeah and, and we all scrambled because it was like okay we're gonna yeah. make sure we write yeah. this down well this is even more important right <laughs> so <laughs> uh yeah you know if uh if somebody had told me 15 years ago i'd be doing what i was doing today um you know just running 24 hours a day it'd be like it's crazy yeah. There's no way that could happen. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Uh, but God can do great things. And uh and and I just I think a lot of times we don't believe that God can do what God can do. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we we shortchange God so much in the things that we we think about, mm-hmm. um, and, and it, that drives me crazy because I do it. I mean, it's not sure. I'm not I'm not I'm not pointing at other people saying you do sure. it. I'm like I do it because yeah. again, my point is, 15 years ago, if you'd have said that we would be sitting here doing this, I I would have been like, that sounds good, but yeah, that's I'll I'll still be working you know at, at in carpet at yeah. that time you know but god had other plans but um, we so easily forget we so we easily do. forget yeah. that you know you we we talk about you know i i say sometimes you know never look back but sometimes you must you know and and this is that this is the time that i talk about that we do need to look back because if you think back, you see all the mighty things God has done in our lives and the lives of others. And we need to use that as confidence to believe what he's telling us going forward. You know, it's it's one of those dangerous prayers. God help my unbelief. Yeah. Um, because to for God to help your unbelief means you're going to have to get uncomfortable. Because it's not comfortable stepping outside of of what you believe can happen. So for me to step out and do something that my flesh is saying, that's not possible. You know, you you talk about the Christmas story and I watched a a video here a while back where it it talked about, you know, people say that it was, you know, they don't know if they can believe it because it was impossible. And the narrator said, you're right. It was impossible (laughs) with man. And, that's where it gets really uncomfortable is moving outside what you know to be impossible, but what God is telling you is absolutely possible. That is a very scary place to step. Yes. But it's so worth it yeah. when you step there. You know, you and I are living proof of this. You mm. know, it was <laughs> and it's still scary to this day in this ministry, some of the things we're doing, but we have the confidence by looking back. Yeah. And that's that's not an arrogant statement at all, because there are a lot of times where I don't believe what God's telling me. Yeah. And it's it's not because I don't it's not because I have a lack of belief in, in God, it's because I have a lack of belief in my abilities. Yeah. And but the minute I move that aside and say, Okay, God, big things always happen and we need to have that confidence, no matter what he's asking you to do. Yeah. Mean, it's it's been this ministry for us, but it for you it may be it may be leaving a job that is very secure that God's calling you to do something else. You know, we've got friends who left a very lucrative job and moved to Africa and you talk to them today and they say it's the best decision they ever made. Yeah. But that had to be terrifying. I can't imagine at that moment. Yeah. But well, I would challenge everybody out there. You know, one of the things that it says, the phrase in here, it says it will not lie. Um, which which tickles me. Um, we see a lot of stuff out in the world today that is, and frankly, from the church as well. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about this, okay? The disciples absolutely knew what Jesus was supposed to be when he got here. <laughs> yeah. And they were dead wrong. Yeah. What are we wrong about today? What assumptions are we making about people and about things that are wrong today? Because I guarantee you there's, there, there are things out there that 
we're going to find out when we get to heaven. We were wrong about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't say that in a I, – I don't want to be blasphemous. I don't want to sound like, you know, the Bible's not clear or anything like that. But the disciples didn't see it. It was right there in front of them. And he was telling them. He's very direct. But the about, Bible is clear. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Exactly. We That's, can never understand. Yeah. And we, we get these con- – we get these misconceptions in our head that it's supposed to be this way. And meanwhile, the God of the universe is inside of us in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I mean, it's almost like at times he's jumping out of our chest saying, no, go this way. Talking about the the, the, the story we had from the lady that she wanted to turn left. And the yeah. Holy Spirit was saying, turn right, turn right, turn right. So many times we just, we, we don't listen to the God of the universe that's living inside of us, and we can feel it, almost hear it at times. But the minute we take that step in the direction that he's calling, it always, always works out. Yeah. Isaiah 42, 6. I, the Lord, have called you in righteousness and will hold your hand. I will keep you and give you as a covenant to the people, as the light to the Gentiles. Uh, as Jesus was called to free the captives from sin and open their eyes, this first scripture I ever heard in prayer was to remind me that I was to follow in his footsteps and share the freedom Christ offers us, this partly through our race for missions. The great mm-hmm. testimony. Um, a lot of times the reason why we go through these crazy things, the reason why bad things happen very often is that it enables us, hard word to say this morning, uh, it enables us to help other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we go through this this thing, and then we can talk with compassion to somebody who's going through the same thing because they know we, we felt what they felt. Um, and, and Michelle, for goodness sake, she was living in a car. Mm-hmm. There's people out there today living in a car that need to hear something sure and who knows god is so crazy that maybe somebody hears this story through this podcast who's living in a car right now and is and is doing something and realize that um there's a way out yeah i i I think michelle is on to something here and it's it's funny how sometimes we we have these questions or or verses and it just it sparks in me something that god's been dealing with with me on but you know, God God calls us to be messengers from Habakkuk all the way through the Great Commission. Um, go and make disciples. Um, make the make the world aware of what God is doing and ultimately what Jesus is doing today. I guess it's ironic that messengers in biblical times were runners. <laughs> um, but go and make disciples. That was... That was probably that was one of the first calls to action. You know, yeah. if you put it in terms of marketing, a call to action is something very clear, concise, and it's it's action. You need to do something, and that's what God called us to do. Um, I recently read a Gallup poll, um, and this really rocked my world when I read it. But for the first time in the seventy plus years of asking this question, the answer fell below fifty percent. From 77% 70 years ago. You know what the question is? What? Are you a member of a place of worship? Hmm. 
Wow. Today, we're below 50% in America. This, this really, really has bothered me. Yeah. Um, why is this? Why, why is that the case that we're below 50% in America of people who say they attend a place of worship? I think it's because we have stopped talking about Jesus and the need for Jesus in public. Um, you can give a million reasons as to why it's not popular to do it anymore. You know, used to used to where you attended church, not that church saves you, but it is an act of obedience. Yeah. And it used to be even when I was just a kid, a church was kind of part of your part of your introduction. You know, my name is Mitchell Hollis. I I work at whatever and I attend Grove Level Baptist Church. Yeah. Not anymore. You don't hear that anymore. No. Um why why are we failing almost as a church to do something about this? This is what's really been bothering me lately is that I can go on Facebook any given day and I can see 25 ads of things for me to do this Sunday. Yeah. But, I, Dean, I don't know if I've ever seen an ad asking me to attend worship somewhere. Yeah. Wow. It's it's like the idea of corporate worship, which is biblical. It doesn't save you. Uh, I'm going to be very clear about that. That doesn't right. save you, but it is an act of obedience. Why why are we not? This is going to sound very uncomfortable, and it was for me when I first said it to myself. Why are we not marketing the church like the world is marketing everything else? You know, marketing is it's not something you hear brought out. I'm a deacon in my church. We don't talk about marketing. Yeah. Because it's it's not it doesn't seem it doesn't seem spiritual. Yeah. But we better start doing something. Yeah. Because rest assured that I along with everybody else in America in this world is being marketing marketed to do everything else besides corporate worship which ultimately leads to people hearing the gospel we, we need to do something about that yeah we i i want i i can picture a day i want to picture a day where i go on facebook and i see five church options for this sunday you don't see it we do it at run for god i mean we i think we have taken facebook and used it to to promote people coming to this ministry not to build this ministry up. The goal is to reach lost people. Yeah. And we see we see the fruit of those efforts. But I don't know. This is something that's just really been bothering me lately that we need to be doing more as a church. I hate to say get with the times on on how we bring people into the church because that's where the gospel is being preached. Not not to be a social club. That's the that, and that's the that's the hard part. That's the hard line to to walk, right? right. The the hard part is you you your temptation is to put on a show that everybody's going to love and and hope that that brings people in. And then a lot of times, very often, and in a lot, especially bigger churches these days, we're we're missing the message. 
Well, that's a whole different conversation. It is. It's a whole different conversation. But But people have to be there. We also can't sit back and say, well, God will bring them. Right. No, God calls us to action. That's true. I mean, go and make disciples is a call to action. He didn't didn't tell the disciples, just sit around and people will come to you and ask about me. No. He said, go out and tell people. You know, I think about, I, I love, everybody listening to this knows that I love Billy Graham. I mean, I think he was the greatest evangelist of all time outside of Jesus. You know, I can think back. I went and saw Billy Graham crusade here in Dalton. I was young. I don't remember. I was, I remember I had braces because I got my braces tightened right before I went. And I don't know why that stands out in my mind. So I was young, 12, 13 years old. And I remember going in the stadium. It was a Harmon Field, which isn't a huge field, but it's the biggest field in around here. And the place was packed. Yeah. But those people just didn't show up. The thing I know about the Billy Graham Crusades when they were going on is they sent people into the communities months ahead of time. Yeah. They had volunteers going to churches and civic organizations, and and they were recruiting people to come. And that was because, I mean, we've all seen it. Billy Graham get up, gets up and gives one of his messages doing what he does best, and then he opens the altar, and hundreds and thousands of people came to give their life to Christ. But it's because he went out and he he prepared the soul. Yeah. And I don't, I feel like as, as a church, I feel really weird saying this, but I feel like we're not out there preparing the soul to bringing people in to the church as effectively as we could yeah it's funny you mentioned that we just sent out uh and we did this last year too and it was it was effective we just sent out a mailer to everybody within within the zip code mm-hmm. of Cahutta to come to our church on for christmas eve service and it was just a mailer saying you know come come join us and um you know that's that's marketing that's what it is, and and you hope that that has some kind of an impact and brings people in. And again, the main thing is, and what Billy Graham did well was there was only one message from Billy Graham. Sure, he preached the exact same message every time, every time, and it was the cross and nothing but the cross. Right, and that's where we need to be. Is is, is it's great? You got to do all that legwork up front, and then you get it in there, and then the 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 message of the cross. We'll keep people. Right. I mean, that every time you hear the true message of the cross preached, people are enthralled by it. I mean, it yes. works every time. And can we can we do that outside the church? Yes. yes. But historically, the church is a fertile ground. It's it, yeah. inside the walls of the church of a Bible preaching believing church is fertile ground. Yeah. So while we do need to be doing evangelism outside the church, this is not taking away from that one bit. Yeah. But it's a both and. Yeah. <laughs> we so many so many of our churches we, we we've we're pushing stuff outside the church, which I don't know what I think about that. I, I the verdict is still out with me what I think about that. And it's really not up to me. It's not about what I think. Yeah. It's that we're supposed to do both. Right. You know, we need we need to be discipling people 
inside the church. And the only way you do that is to bring people in the church. Yeah. So I think we've beat that horse. Yeah, I think enough. we could probably talk about that for another hour. We sure. probably shouldn't. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, question. What is the purpose of your run for God? Of course, I like to think that my, my purpose is, is fairly specific. Mm-hmm. God gave me a talent for running. And so I feel like um, that's that's my my responsibility for having that for him giving me that talent is to share it with with people who maybe don't hear you know a lot of times people who are people who run at the front of a race um, they're very confident people mm-hmm. they're kind of type A people mm-hmm. they're the type of people a lot of times you don't find in church very often sure. And so while it's great when you see people that are in the middle of the race that are praising God and doing it, it I think that that I hope that I feel a little bit of a niche that's a little bit different mm-hmm. in that people don't see the ones at the front. Ryan Hall did a great job sure. of being, you know, a, a fast guy that kind of shared his faith uh, openly. Um, so I just feel like that's what that's my purpose. That's what God put me here for. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got the Tim Tebow's, and I mean, but your mm-hmm. your point is great that you don't see it much, but when you do, it makes a big impact. Yeah, it makes a huge impact on people. To, because, yeah. You're well, right. I, here, here, listen. This is very interesting. So recently, I, I'm part of a group. Okay, I'm not going to say who and what and all that stuff. I'm part of a group, and so in, in this group discussion. The rules surrounding who can be part of a team are a little bit. We had to overcome some barriers to be a, a team, uh, and so the suggestion was made that we fudge a little bit mm-hmm. on on what what we're going to do. But there's one exception that you can make to the rule that we were talking about. One, they, there's one you can have one team member who is the exception, and they looked at me and said, "Well, Dean, you'll be the exception." And they, you know why they did that? They said that because they didn't want to put me in the spot and go, we want you to do something that's not quite above board. Mm-hmm. And why do they? Why do I think they did that? Well, I think they did that because they know who I am mm-hmm. and they know how I live my life. And they realized that lying's not okay with me. Right. And, uh, and that's how we live our life out in front of people. And people notice, and it makes a difference. Yeah, and there's there's two ways that you can take that comment from your teammates. It's, you know, we've had this conversation with Lane had a similar comment a couple years ago that, Lane, why don't you cuss? Yeah. From from some teammates on a yeah. triathlon team he was part of. There's two ways you can take that. You can feel um, uncomfortable that, you know, you, you you're not part of the crowd. Or you can take that as I'm doing something right. Yeah. Um, and we always need to look at it that we're doing something right because society will say that, well, you need to feel uncomfortable. You you need to, you need to fall in line, Dean. Yeah. You can take a comment that way, but we shouldn't. That's right. Um, we should know. We should have the confidence that we're doing something right. Yep. Another question. Who do you know that needs to catch the vision and be transformed? You know, I, I, I've been thinking this for a few days, and it's funny this story comes up, and it, it's kind of part of her story. But I look at, you know, Lane's in college now, and I, so I, I'm friends with 
a lot of his friends on social media that are at college. I, I see a lot of Michelle's. Yeah. And his friends. It's like they need Jesus. Yeah. And, and I am not dare say any names on here, but, I mean, people that you think – I, I do I do see it I see it through the eyes of you you talked about the dog the hunting dog and yeah they they don't do things because they're hurt or they don't do things because they don't have Jesus yeah and to me that's the only explanation for some of what I see now can it be a you know the prodigal son or a wayward child yeah um but I think in a lot of cases they just need Jesus yeah they need to be shown love. They're 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 chasing something. Either they're running from Jesus or they're trying to find it. They're they're doing things to fill that gap. Like she talked about drugs and alcohol and, you know, behavior that wasn't acceptable. She was trying to fill a void. And I think so many of our college kids and I'm sure it's been this way for generations. It's just sure. I'm seeing it sure myself now that they're searching. Yeah. A lot of a lot of a lot of college kids are in atmospheres today that are so anti-God. They they need to be shown. Just like Michelle was had an older couple that came in and took her under her wing, and it it, it makes you realize <laughs> we've got a mission field of runners, but there's a whole other mission field right there that's yeah. that's that is fertile because yeah. these kids are looking for something. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I, I think a lot of times you have the other opposite side of things too. A lot of times we. We assume that somebody's solid in their faith, and sometimes they're not. Yeah. Um, sometimes they even say it that they are, and then they're not, and we don't know. And or so, in the case of college kids, you assume that they have somebody in their life that's showing them sure. love and Christ, and yeah, a lot of times there's not. Yeah, you know, I I don't know. I, one of the philosophies nowadays that just drives me crazy is when you hear a parent say, well, they just need to find their way. No. Oh. We need to show them yeah. the way. Yeah. Um, but we have a, there's a large percentage of parents out there that that think that. Yeah. You know, they need to go out and, and have the college experience and find their way. Well, the way of society will find them. Right. And. I, yeah. No. That's, know, that bothers I, me. That's another one of those topics we could go on for, right, exactly. for, a, for a very long time <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. Sure. Last question. What God dreams do you need to submit to him so he can run, walk with you towards his greater purposes? You know, uh, Debbie's just now getting back to the point where she can do what she wants to do. Mm-hmm. She just had surgery. Um, and, and it, it's exciting. The possibilities are exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to share a story about her here mm-hmm. in just a little bit. Um, I just, I look at, she's asking a, a personal question here. Mm-hmm. And so this answer is different for everybody. And, and I just want to say, I feel so over blessed in my life at this point, you know, I'm really at the point in my life and I'm, you know, I'm older at this point and I don't want to call myself old because people get mad at me when I do that, but uh, you are, but, but 
I'm just so appreciative for what I have that I just want to see the next thing God's got for me. Yeah, I'm not. I I don't have a thing. I just yeah. want to see what what you got for me, God, because I know it's going to be great. Just yeah. just throw it at me. It's going to be awesome. You know. Yeah. Well, he he. Yeah, he convicts us all of different things. The question is, what are we going to do with those? Yeah. You know how many how many things have we let just pass by because either we didn't want to step out, we said we didn't have time to step out, or whatever. Um, and that that's where ministry comes from. You know, that's why yeah. there's not one ministry because everybody has a ministry. Everybody's is different, but it's it's what we do with that conviction when God lays it on our heart. You know, maybe you know, there's people I. I I talked about the college kids. Well, there's people out there that God has put a deep conviction in their heart that the Thomas and Paige Queen, you know, they're they're taking on the college kids at our church and and they're they're doing a great thing with it. And it's because God laid it on their heart. Yeah. To, and He's never laid it on my heart to. He's laid it on my heart to reach runners. Yeah. And so that's what I'm doing. And I think where we get where we misstep sometimes is when we take on things as social projects that didn't lay on our hearts. You know, like I've had people say, why don't you ever talk about X, Y, Z, whatever it is, the, the hot topic buttons. Why don't you ever talk about that and run for God? God's never laid it on my heart. Yeah. That's not my ministry. Yeah. You know, Billy Graham, if you ask him, why don't you ever talk? Because God, God called me to t- preach the cross. That's it. It's very clear. Yeah. As of right now, it's very clear what God has me and you doing. Um, he may open the door to something else. I don't know. But for now, it's clear that God has us here, and we need to stay here. We need to stay in our lane, that's for right. lack of a better term. <laughs> that's exactly uh, what I was until thinking. Until God opens up that other lane, because all we're going to do is crash into somebody. Yeah. You know, and, and just cause chaos. Because uh, you see it a lot. People yeah. think they need to do something from a social stance rather than from a godly stance. Um, Amen. We can chase that rabbit too, but we won't. <laughs> While you are working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We have partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Mitchell, Lane, Holly, me, and others that you hear on the Run Club podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist now at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, we are back. And so, you know, this past week, um, I've been trying to finish in the top 10. And what I think is the most competitive master's race, maybe in the world, mm-hmm. Um Maybe most competitive is not a great term, but most comprehensive. There's a lot of people. There were like 90 people in my age group yeah. in this race. And uh, I've been trying to finish in the top 10. And it's the best of the best. Yeah, you don't go best. to this race unless right. you're good. Right, right. And I've been trying to finish in the top 10. And this year, I finished third. Congratulations. And it was really satisfying. On the podium? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty awesome. It, it was fun sharing the podium with guys who I've 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 marveled at their results, you know, in the past. And You're a results just, geek for sure. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's just it's cool because I remember I went up, I was third, 
So they call out third place first, then second, then third. And I was I went up to get this medal, and I was going to walk off the stage. And the guy who's second, who he and I have become friends because we raced against each other on the track this the summer, he said uh, he said come on back up here we need to get a picture with the great peter hammer because he's the guy that won right. and he everybody knows who peter hammer is if you're so uh, it was it was kind of cool and if peter if you're out there if you heard this then you're awesome dude uh, <laughs> anyway it was it was fun it was fun to and it was a crazy race and um and i just uh it was one of those races where i was actually fourth in my in my age group the whole race really i mean the whole race from I mean, from the first 300 meters until about 1K to go, um, I was I was fourth, and then it was super hot that day for for that time of year, and all of a sudden, I looked up, and there's a guy walking in my age group, and it was it was a guy that's got a, just as big a name as Peter Hammer, and uh, he he wound up finishing like eighth in the age group, and. Wow. Um, um, he just had trouble with the heat. He was about to pass out, and he had to stop. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and the times were just crazy, crazy slow. And it made me think about my old high school coach. One time, we were talking. One time, I was trying to, I was trying to make sense sure. of a same course from one year to the next, and why the times were so different. And he's like, "Listen," he said, "I tried." He said, "I have tried to look at that and tried to figure out is it the weather? Is it?" He said, "Every race is different." And sometimes races are fast, and sometimes races are slow, and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And you just need to take it like that, yeah. and just understand You'll never it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when you, if you have a bad day, if you're out there and you have a bad day, and you run slower than you think you should, don't try to make sense of it, mm-hmm. because sometimes there's just those days. Um, just just put your head down, keep going. So. Um, and then we all, we got all these walkers. Walkers care even less about their pace, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. I think it's great if you if you if you don't care. Now some of them do. Mm-hmm. Some walkers are bent on trying to walk as fast as they can too. But um, <laughs> but that's good. Just be happy with who you are. Just like he says uh, in James, uh, count it all joy, <laughs> whether you're fast or you're slow. <laughs> it's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. And this story has a little to do with what we're just talking about. It is called Front Row Seat. I've read many stories of people overcoming obstacles in their lives. There are many such stories floating around, and each one is an inspiration to keep my head down and keep working. But I've had a front row seat to my absolute favorite story of all. I have been trying to finish in the top 10 at the USATF National Club Cross Country Championships. This year, I finally did it. It sure felt good to reach a goal I had pursued for 10 years. After the race, Debbie and I had checked into a hotel to prepare for the surgery she would have she would be having in a few days' time. She has been very persistent in reaching her steps goal every day, and she had a couple thousand steps left to reach her goal for the day. We walked around the block from the hotel to get in the needed work. While we were walking, we talked about several things, including the success of the morning race. And then she said something that hit me pretty hard. It was the 200th consecutive day she had reached her goal. Let let me remind you that I'm talking about someone who is having surgery in a few days and has struggled with breathing for for the last 10 plus years. 
She grew up with the challenge of asthma, but if but that wasn't enough of a challenge for her, so she has gone through a much more severe problem more recently. 200 days in a row. Every day, a lady with breathing issues has done something very difficult for anyone to do, let alone someone who has physical limitations. But Dean, you say, you've run nearly every day for over 10 years. While that is true, it is relatively easy for me. I might breathe hard while I'm running, but I can back off at any moment and breathe easily. When you have trouble breathing every day, even backing off doesn't get you back to a comfortable position. I've seen her walking back and forth in a hotel room late at night in order to get those steps in. There have been many days when we had to put things off for just a little while to ensure enough steps were taken for the day. It hasn't mattered what else was going on. She would find a way to get it done. Both of us have reached significant achievements, but I would rank the one that is tougher mentally a little higher on the scale. In the end, I receive recognition from the world. I won a medal this weekend, and that's a pretty important token of my sacrifice and determination. Debbie gets to be more physically fit. That's it. No one's going to give her a medal for that. But that's what makes it so impressive. For the vast majority of Run for God Run of the Run for God Run Club, all of the work is for reasons other than winning medals and trophies. It is not about looking for the world's approval of what you're doing. It's about being better fit physically, mentally, and spiritually. I would argue that these things are far more important than trinkets. But that's not what the world sees as success. But it is success. And never forget that there are significant benefits. Being able to play with your children or grandchildren is a real benefit. Being able to walk a long way and traverse bridges and stairways without getting out of breath and having to rest is no tiny thing. I could list one benefit after another, but you get the idea. It is worth it, even if the world doesn't see the benefit. Sometimes it's difficult to see the value in reading your Bible every day, or maybe you find it find difficulty seeing the fruit of your prayer life. But just like when you're trying to get in a steps goal for the day, you must go through the ordinary days to reach the extraordinary days. You have to walk a hundred laps around a pool one day so you can reach that 200th day eventually. Sometimes God wants to see your faithfulness in prayer before he answers. You may have to go through 50 prayers to get that to get to the one that seems to make a difference. But I think it's just like the 132nd day of walking is important to reach the a 200th day. So is any prayer lifted to God along the path of physical or spiritual healing. As I write this, I'm sitting in the Mayo Clinic. Debbie has surgery in a couple of days, and she's going through a battery of tests today. Just after she remarked that she had gone 200 consecutive days, she mentioned that she is going to have to start all over again soon. She will probably not be able to reach the goal on on that day, on the day of or the, the day after surgery, not to mention the week after. But this morning, when she had a few extra minutes in the hotel room before leaving for the hospital, what do you think she was doing? She was walking back and forth, working towards that steps goal, even when the streak is going to end tomorrow. That's how we are to be as Christians. Following Jesus is not always easy. There are days when it's difficult and against the grain, but we're to stay on the road anyway. Look at the example of Paul. He was thrown in jail, but he didn't even let that stop him. 
he was still writing letters to churches even when he knew he was going to be executed. No excuses. Get those steps in even if it means walking back and forth in your hallway. Get those prayers in even when it feels like none of them are being answered. Study that Bible even when it feels like it is difficult to comprehend. It will all be worth it. Remember how Paul remarked at the end of his life that he had fought the good fight? That's how we want to end our life. And don't forget, being more fit may mean more days on earth to make an impact. Get those steps in. Get those runs in. It may enable you to get in more prayers, and that could make all the difference. That was an incredible story, Dean. I tell you what, I'm I'm excited to see what's ahead for Debbie. Yeah, me too. You know, we've been praying for her for a long time. I've mm-hmm. actually got a prayer rock with her name on it right behind me. I know you do. Um, yeah, but that's a good perspective. Yeah, she's just uh, she and she's always been that way. She's been such a great example for me in my life uh, because she just she never quits. Mm-hmm. She's just tenacious. I mean, it, it's whatever it is, and she doesn't compromise. But you know it, and, and this is this is for all the people out there listening who think that what you do doesn't matter. I'm going to say this, and I don't want <laughs> I don't want you to be offended when I say this, but what you did at the club championships, I'm proud of you, and I think it's awesome. What Debbie's doing inspires me. And for those people out there listening, it's it's not the big, huge things we do in life that inspires people. Amen. It's the things that are hard and that we fail at, but we keep going. That is inspiring. Debbie's mm-hmm. had I don't know how I don't know how many times y'all have been to the Mayo Clinic. Dead end after dead end after dead end, no answers after no answers. But she kept getting up and doing it over and over and over. And this is it's just ironic that that was her 200th day you know because yeah. i don't know I, I that's a very good perspective on on y'all's whole situation yeah well and, and you're you're exactly right because there are so many people out there who want to give up i've seen a lot of it lately on, on the facebook page and and through emails that people have sent me where they're discouraged and some of those people have found inspiration in others and some of it are looking at words from me for inspiration and i hope that i've been able to to give them some of that but just look around Mm -hmm. just look around it's around you i did i knew that debbie had this this streak going because like i said she'd been crazy about it it's like there were times where it didn't matter where we were she was going to find a way to get those steps in and literally walking back and forth in a room um to do it but um it it's there's a way to do it you can do it. Mm-hmm. If you're out there and you're struggling, you can do it. And I'm a numbers geek, but I think it's also interesting that it was 10 years in the making for you to win that race, and she's been doing this for 10 years. Yeah. And they both culminated in the same week, in the same city. Just so happens the race was right there, almost in the same location. I don't know. There's, just, there's a lot of cool things that touch yeah. points right there that – you just see God all over it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's amazing. Yeah. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You, yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. 
All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. All right, we're back. And, uh, you know, it's been... We had we just had the what used to be called Foot Locker Championships. We had the East Bay Championships. I didn't know it changed. Yeah, it's now called East Bay Championships. It just doesn't seem the same. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. But anyway, um, that and here's what I found interesting about this race was Riley Huff is a guy from Michigan. He mm-hmm. won. He also finished sixth at this running lane championship where everybody ran so crazy fast. Yeah. Right. He ran 14, 11 at this running lane, which was only eight seconds behind the winner. Um, and, and then he goes to Balboa park in San Diego and he runs 15, 11, a full minute slower than he had run, which a lot of people, of course, are calling the, the course uh, short and all of that. I don't. But they know. were calling running lanes sh- short, and they were. Yeah. That's what I mean. They're calling. Oh, yeah, yeah, they're yeah, calling yeah. running lanes short, and yeah. we, and Balboa Park is a t- it's a tough course. Yeah. There's a there's a legendary hill in that course. But anyway, the bo- bottom line is, um, they were the, both the the woman because the girl who won in running lane also run the East Bay Championships, and her time was a full minute slower. Really out there as well, um, and so. Um, I think it's it's interesting. We can go back and forth and look at um, historical information, and we see these times being faster today, and we think these kids are so much faster today than they used to be. Mm-hmm. No, they're not. The courses are faster. Mm-hmm. I don't think the kids are faster at all. As a matter of fact, think about this. Riley Huff ran 15-11 on that course. Dathan Ritzenhine back in 2000, ran 1431 on the exact same course at Balboa Park. 40 seconds is a long, long way. So uh, I I think there was this argument. I saw this this argument on Let's Run about who would win this this all-star old argument yeah who would win the all-star team of like ritz and hein webb hall and those those guys that were great cross-country runners back in the early 2000s or this newberry park team who had the first three finishers at new at and i'm like seriously seriously there is no way those guys at newberry park are gonna touch dathan ritz there's just no way uh, not only that, there there's several others they're not going to touch either. But anyway, you go back. Old, it's kind of the old Michael Jordan, LeBron James argument. Who yeah. would win? Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I've got my thoughts on that too, but I probably, probably shouldn't voice it. Uh, anyway, I just thought, I think it's fun. It's fun to go through those discussions. It's fun to have a discussion with somebody who, who <laughs> crazily thinks that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan. Uh, it's fun to talk about it. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, so there, there's also I, I read there's a couple of Danish guys mm-hmm. that are running under 14 minutes for 5K on the track. High school kids running under 14 minutes. Uh, I don't know what they're feeding them out there in Denmark, but uh, <laughs> they may be better than the Newberry Park guys. 
Yeah. And that's just crazy to think about. Yeah. Lots of fast young people out there. And I love following it. It's all fun. All right. How about a trivia question that is appropriate for the the time? Mm-hmm. So it's it's New Year's. Mm-hmm. We're in a new year. And so here's a, a great question for people. Um, and I know you're going to look at this and you're going to go, is this related? And I, it's tangentially related. So that gives you a hint as to the answer to this question. The question is, what is the most popular New Year's resolution? Do you know it? Do you feel like you know it? Y- yeah. Yeah. You know, I, well, I, I'm not want to give some stuff away. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think I know it. Yeah, I think. So. I'll, I'll let you know next week. If okay. All right. All right. Well, every if you got an answer to that, send it to Dean at runforgod.com. Not Facebook Messenger. Not customer service. Right. We need to know who was the first one to send it to Dean at runforgod.com, and you'll win. Send your T-shirt size because we'll send you a very cool Run Club box. Yeah, and you don't want to miss out on that. Every week we share a reason why running is so awesome, and this is why running is so awesome this week. It's a four-season sport. You know, many sports are seasonal. Mm-hmm. You know, basketball is a kind of a fall thing and goes into winter. Um, and then you got football is, is definitely fall. You don't really even think about football in the spring. Yeah. Um, sure, there are some spring training things, but you don't think about it much. Um, every sport has its season, but not running. Running is year round. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we're in indoor track season, mm-hmm. um, which leads right into outdoor track season, which leads into um, summer holiday runs, you know, like the Peachtree Road Race, mm-hmm. uh, which leads right back into cross country, uh, <laughs> which leads back into indoor track. So uh, it's awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. It's, it's, it's year round. Don't forget the turkey trots, too, and, and, uh, in between indoors and uh, cross country. A motivational thought of the week. And this is one I just thought of myself. So this is kind of my own quote. Um, because I think, again, I wanted to be appropriate to the time. So this is it. Every year brings the possibility of writing the most beautiful chapter of your life. Make this year the best ever. Mm, that's deep, Dean. Man, I like new beginnings. Yeah. You know, every time you start something new, when do you start it? January 1. Or Monday. Or Monday. Or Monday. Yeah. My it's dad part- would never start a house on any day other than Monday. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of bled over to me. I won't start anything big yeah. on a Tuesday. Yeah. I'm the same way. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, it's got to start on Monday or the beginning of the year. Right. I shared here on this podcast a couple of weeks ago, I think. I, we, I talked about how I gave up Diet Coke one year at the beginning of the year. And yeah. It was just boom. Just like boom today. And then I didn't drink any Diet Coke. <laughs> All right. All right. Very good. Um, So keep it going. Keep rolling. Don't give up. We're less than two weeks out from the kickoff of the Marathon Couch to Marathon Challenge. Well, by the time this airs, we'll actually be a week out. Yeah. Right? About 10 days. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Some week and a half. Yeah, week and a half. Anyway, starts January the 10th. Yeah, January the 10th. It's coming off. And uh, so go out there in your community drag people to it kicking and screaming because just tell them you know it's good for them yep Uh, you know just like your mom used to make you do stuff because it was good for you and you look back now and you say yeah it was good for me right I'm glad glad just tell them they'll thank you later 
That's right. Uh, talk them into it. Twist their arm. Do whatever you got to do. Get them to that first time. That's right. Now may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.